beginning, though, we're starting a new series called Run to Win. That's going to be for the first four weeks of this year, and I'm super excited about it. And I want to read to you a passage of scripture of where this comes from, where the inspiration for this series, Run to Win. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read verses 24 through 27, but just a bit of a backdrop. Paul is obviously writing to the church at Corinth, and he's writing in the first 23 verses of his why, why he's doing the things he does and why he does it the way that he does. See, Paul was a traveling kind of evangelist. He would go and he would start churches. There's not a lot of money in that, and it has to be funded. Paul made tents. And uh, he had every right to ask people for an offering, to say, hey, would you help support the work that I'm doing? But he made a decision he wasn't going to do that. And so he's telling them, he said, hey, look, I have every right to, but I'm not going to because of this reason. And we're going to talk about that. Why? But I want to read to you what he says at the end of his, this chapter to them. He says, don't you realize that in every race, in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. He said, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. How many of you really knew that there were sports analogies in the Bible? There is. Paul is telling the church at Corinth this because they host one of the largest international games next to the Olympics in Corinth. The athletes there train for 10 months to win a prize. And the prize is not money. It's not a medal. It's something that sits on the top of their head, knowing that they were the best in their division. Paul talks about running. He also talks about boxing. He says, I'm not just shadow boxing, but he says, I want you to run to win. He said, we are all running in the race of life, so run to win. Now, it's the first Sunday in January, and in January, most of us think about what? New Year's resolutions, right? How we're going to look, what we're going to eat, how much we're going to save or spend, what we want our marriage to look like, what we're going to do with our time, all those things. We make resolutions, we make plans, we look up articles, we download apps, right, to put our goals down. We buy journals that we never use, or maybe that's just me. I buy a planner every year, and I've got, they collect dust, and I wrote on the first page, and that's about it. But goals, resolutions, get this, according to U.S. News, 80% of New Year's resolutions don't make it to February. 80%. Who's part of the 80? Because I think I am. 80% of New Year's resolutions never make it to February. They don't even last 30 days. Now, I think the obvious question is this. Why? Why is it that we can't seem to do and fulfill the goals that we put before us? Why can't we, we seem to realize the things that we want to see, we want to be, and we want to do? What is it about 80% of humanity that can set a goal and not make it? What is it about that 20%, though, that do? That's the better question, isn't it? Why is the 80% can't? And then you can look at what is it the 20% do that can meet the goal? The title of this series is Run to Win, which is really just a metaphor, you know, for living life. I think one of the biggest reasons why you and I don't do that, we don't, don't uh, meet our resolutions, is because we never stop to ask why. How many of you have had the same resolution for the past couple of years? Y'all not being honest. 
How many of you just decided, I'm not going to have any more resolutions because I'm part of the 80%. I'm just tired of making them. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's us. I think part of the reason why we never realize them is because we never stop to ask why. What is the purpose behind this? Why do I want to lose weight? To look good in a bathing suit? Sure, I never have and I would love to. I mean, that would be amazing, (laughs) right? Why why do I want to work with my money better? Why do I want my marriage to be better? Why do I I want my time to be better? Well, because those are good things. Yeah, but why? Well, because I read that so-and-so said this and and, and I should do it. But why? Why? Do we have a purpose that is bigger, that is beyond, and that benefits someone other than just us? And is it beyond the moment? Is it beyond the feeling? About eight years ago or so, I decided to work out with this friend. Now, this friend was a guy I was working with, and he was like super disciplined, super fit. And he's like, hey, Josh, you want to work out? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we start working out because I work out better with a partner. I'll just be honest. If I don't have accountability, I hit the snooze button, and I say, I'll I'll start tomorrow, okay? So we're working out. And then he says this. He says, hey, Josh, what do you think about running a half marathon? And I thought, you know, that would be really cool. I've never done it. I want to, so hey, yeah, let's run a half marathon. Now, mind you, it's 13.1 miles, okay? Not 13 minutes on a treadmill, 13.1 miles. Now, the most I had ever done in my life is run like a mile or something when I was in wrestling practice, and I did explosive sports, football, wrestling, you know, throwing shot, putting discus. None of that has to do with running for a long time, okay? So he said, here's a plan. I said, great. I followed the plan about 75%. I'm thinking, 13.1 miles can't be that bad, right? You know, and I skipped some times. And then here's how ridiculous I was. Uh, I bought a new pair of shoes two days before the race. That was smart. Uh, I ate the pasta they told me to eat the day before, but I woke up that morning. I didn't eat a thing. Didn't eat a thing. Got there like, you know, the crack of dawn. We start running. It's kind of good. Mile six, I'm feeling pretty good. Mile nine, I'm absolutely done. I hate it. I don't want to finish. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've got 4.1 miles to go. And I'm dogging it. I miss the turn where they, they hand out all the juice that's supposed to like just fill your body with power to finish. I miss that. All I get is water. Like I'm, I'm drenched. My legs feel like tree trunks. I can't even feel my butt because it's numb. It's numb, right? And all of a sudden, this lady passes me. Now, she was not like a super fit runner woman. She was in worse shape than me, and that's not saying much. And her, her gait, the way she ran, was the most awkward thing, head tilted to a side, you know, just like, and I'm like, I cannot let this lady beat me. There's no way. I'll never live it down. My buddy, he's like three miles ahead of me, you know. And so I catch up just out of my pride just to, just to be ahead of her. And I look over, and she's got a look of determination in her face. I mean, her eyes are steel, and she is focused. She doesn't even know anybody else is around. I look at her shirt, and it says, in memory of so-and-so who died of cancer. I'm running, da-da-da-da-da. And then it hit me. Wow, this lady has a purpose. This race is not about her. This race is about someone she loved and she knew, and she's given everything she has because of her love for that person. It was beyond. It was bigger. It would benefit her. I didn't clap. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) But I was, 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 you know, motivated. I was inspired in that moment. And it taught me a great lesson. 
don't decide to run a half marathon on a whim. <laughs> My feet were blistered too by like mile six. But anyway, I'll never forget the look on her face and I'll never forget the lesson I learned in there that what we endeavor to do has to be bigger than us, right? It has to be beyond us. There has to be that purpose. I think most of us never really accomplish what we want to accomplish because we don't stop to ask why. Why do I want to do this? Is it beyond the moment and is it beyond the feeling? Like I said, run to win. It's just this metaphor for life. So we only get one life. We only get one race to run. We don't get multiple passes at it. We get 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. Some of us are on this earth longer than others, but I get one race. And I love what Paul says. We all are in a race and we should run to win. Run to win. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we want run to win? Well, over the course of the next four weeks, I want us to consider four questions. They happen to all have a P in them, and I didn't try to do that. It just happened. And then I felt really creative on accident. But <laughs> the first question, we're going to look at these things. Purpose, perspective, plan, and prayer. What is my purpose? Why? Next week, what is my perspective? How am I thinking? How am I looking at things? How do I think about myself? How do I think about the world? How do I think about what I'm endeavoring to do? Because your thoughts are so powerful. Your perspective is is powerful. Three, what's my plan? I want to do something. I ain't got no plan to do it, so maybe God will just make it happen. What's my plan? And four, what's my prayer? Weeks one, two, and three is going to be a lot about what we can do. Week number four is, what am I believing God for? What am I believing God to do that only he can do? I'm going to work like it depends on me, but I'm going to pray like it depends on him because it does. What is my prayer? So purpose, perspective, plan, and prayer. I would encourage you to be here all four weeks because these are great questions that you need to consider for your life. It will give you a better chance, I think, of being in the 20% versus the 80%. So this morning I want to talk about purpose. What is our purpose? The why behind what we've decided to do. Now, I think it's really important for us to consider uh, and understand how we think about goals and stuff and life in general. Now, I'm going to do something I don't normally do, and I'm going to draw on the board, okay? And so, draw this in half and say that there is a, a particular order in which we think about the things we want to do, the things we want to accomplish, okay? Here's the, here's the uh, normal order. And if I spell something wrong, just shout it out, Okay? All right, the normal order that we work through is this. Question number one we ask is, what? What do I want to do? How do I want to eat? What, how do I want to work out? What, you know, what do I want to do? We say what? We make that the priority. Then we ask, how? How am I going to do it? If I want to lose weight, what diet plan do I need to go on, right? Do I need to go keto, paleo, or starve myself? What am I going to do, Okay. <laughs> And then, if we ever get around to it, number three, but most important, why? Why? I've been doing leadership coaching for the past three years to try to learn how to be a better pastor and and, and lead stuff, really. I needed it. The one question that this guy keeps asking me over and over again, why? Well, hey, you know, I think we want to, I'd like to do this with the church. Why? Well, I think it'd be really good. Why? Well, I mean, if we do that, why? I don't know, Steve, because I want to. Why do you want to? I hate that question. But you know what? So much fruit has come out of the why. What's your motivation, Josh? Why do you want to do it? Can you find it in Scripture? Is it going to benefit more than just you? Is it going to make you feel better? Why? 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 
That's our normal order. We say what, how, and then maybe why. Now let me give you a new order, okay? Let me give you the, the new, better, improved order. Okay. But it's not going to be a list for all you list people. Relax. Instead of a list, what does it look like? Target. Dartboard. Yeah. I'm not very good at darts. What we need to do is this. This is called the golden circle. All right, the golden circle. What we need to do is always start with why. That's where we have to start. Why? We've got to shoot for that circle first. Then we can talk about how. Then we can talk about what. We need to work in this order, not that order. This is the golden circle right here. If you can answer that question, why? Now, I understand it's not as efficient. I understand it's not as exciting to talk about why. But it's so important. I've learned one thing in my short time of being a leader. I can gather a bunch of people talking about the opportunity for change, what we can do to change. Here's the thing I've learned. The moment we start to change, the crowd thins out. The only people that like change in the world are babies. I read that in a book the other day. Right? Only people in the world like change are babies. And they don't have to change themselves. We do it for them. Right? Why? You have to start with why. Why is it that you want to be healthy? Why is it that you want to go on a diet? I started to ask myself that question. The men on my, my father's side of the family haven't really lived beyond their 70s. And you know what? I want to live beyond my 70s. I want to live to be 100 years old. I would love that. Some of you say, I want to get out of here. Well, I want to live a full life. I don't want to short-circuit my life because of a preventable cause where if I could change my diet and I could change the way that I move, that I could be healthy. Why? Not just so I can experience life, but because I believe that God's called me to, to pastor this church, and if he's called me to do it for the rest of my life, I don't want to short-circuit what he's doing. Now, God is God, and he's sovereign, but hey, I want to give my best as long as I can being the healthiest person that I can be. Right? That's why I want to lose weight. That's why at 7 in the morning I meet Pastor Brian at the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Not because I want to. There is nothing in me that wants to. But the why is bigger. Sometimes I do text him and say, hey, you want to work out at 2? And he gives me a thumbs up and I say, great, I want to sleep. All right? But that's very few and far between. But why? We have to start with why. That's what I want you to do for 2019 and beyond is to not just make a bunch of lists that say what, but I want you to think about why. Here's two ways you can think about why as we talk about purpose today. The first thing is you have to begin to live with a purpose. Live with purpose. Live with purpose. I'm going to give you a shameless plug here. All right, our vision here is to help every single one of you move from where you're at to where God wants you to believe to be. We, we want you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Here in February, we're going to have a thing called Next Steps. And it's not just if you're new to be acclimated to the church. It really is to help you to begin to discover who you are. You take a personality test, a spiritual gifts test. We get you connected in an area that you can serve using your gifts. We want you to move. And we want you to experience, who am I? This is who I am. Know God in a relationship. Find the freedom that he has for you. Discover why you exist and how you're wired. Now start making a difference with that. It's the process of beginning to develop a why? That's in February. If you haven't gone, I would encourage you to go. If you went and you haven't been in a while, haven't done anything, go again. 
skeptical again. We want something for you, not something from you. But you have to discover the why behind what it is that you want to do. I want to take a look at Paul's why, okay? Paul had a big why. Paul spends the first 23 verses, really, of chapter 9 laying out his why. I just want to read to you a few verses. Here's what he says. He said, haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Say, I'm preaching this gospel. I physically met Jesus face to face. I saw him. I talked with him. He's real. And it was the resurrected Jesus. He met the resurrected Jesus with his own eyes, and it changed the course of his life fundamentally. Haven't I seen with my own eyes? He said, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. God has given me, listen, this, this sacred trust. It is the opportunity to preach the good news without charging anyone. Paul said, hey, I can't even boast about my why. God gave it to me. God compels me. He's given me a sacred trust, and that is to preach the good news. I saw Jesus. This is my purpose. I don't want to charge any of you for that. I want you to hear the message for what it is. And he says this, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. He said, I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Listen to that why. Where did you hear Paul talk about everything he got out of that? No, 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 no. His why was beyond, was bigger, and benefited others than him. His why was eternal. It was beyond the moment. And it was beyond the feeling. It was eternal. Our why has to be beyond the moment. It has to be beyond the feeling. It has to be bigger, beyond, and benefit others. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.25. He said, they do it to win a prize that will fade away. They, talking about the athletes, using the, the example he's giving, a prize that will fade. And he says not, he doesn't say I, he says we here. He brings everybody he's talking to, them, and you and I today, we do it. Why? For an eternal prize. We do it for an eternal prize, for a prize that is bigger, better, and beyond than just this moment or just this feeling. See, you and I were created not to consume, not to hoard, not to grow our own kingdoms, but to be resourced, healthy, run to win, so that it can benefit others and we can serve other people. Amen. That's the why. Why do I want to be healthy? I want to be healthy and I want to manage my finances well so I can serve others with the calling that God has in my life. That's why. It's not just so I can look good in a bathing suit. That's just a plus. It's not just that I can be financially free and get to do some things I want to do. No, no, that's a plus. The why's got to be bigger than that. Because if it isn't, you'll be in the 80% and not the 20. You'll be like me at mile nine and not the woman running with the purpose, ready to quit. Not taking the time to read up and realize that there's a whole lot of preparation that goes into a race. You don't just show up and do it because you're 24 years old. Haven't done it since. And I'll be 34 in January, okay? What'd that tell you? Why? That eternal price. Listen to what Paul says later in Philippians. He's writing another letter to another group of Christians. He said this, I press on to reach the end of the race. He's still talking about the race. And receive a heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Why does Paul press on? Why does he keep going at mile nine? To reach the heavenly prize. It is before him. It is bigger. It is beyond. And it will benefit more than just him. That's what keeps him focused. That's what keeps him running. I'm running to win. How many of you like to win? How many of you don't care? Right? 
We know this. We got a God who wins. We got a God who instills purpose and says, we will win. I've played sports for coaches who didn't seem to want to win and coaches who wanted to win so bad they willed us to win when the chips were stacked against us, when we shouldn't have won, but they ran to win. They trained us to win. They pushed us harder than we could go. They made us do things that we didn't think that we could do. Why? Because we were running to win. We knew why we were there. In fact, I had one coach that if you were dogging it in practice or whatever, he would be in your face. Why are you here, Earls? What are you doing? Are you here to dog it? Are you here to take time off? Because your opponent isn't. He would be there. Motivation. Why are you here. We're running to win. Part of this coaching that I've been doing is we developed a personal mission statement. Now, I thought it was a bunch of malarkey at the beginning, right? Like personal mission statement. Who cares? I get up, I go to work, I pay my bills, da, 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 da. But it was so illuminating for me. How many of you have a personal mission statement? Awesome. Awesome. I think more of you should. I want to help you do that. Here's what I've developed as a personal mission statement for my life. And it's not to be pastor of faith community. My personal mission statement is this, to lead people to a place of authenticity and action by living a life of learning, adventure, and relationships. If you listen to my sermons, there will be a point in every sermon where I'm pushing you to be real and I'm pushing you to action. Let's get real. Let's do something about it. Let's just don't talk about it. If we're in a conversation, I'm always, for, I'm always pining for authenticity. I want authenticity. I want action. Now, hey, let's learn. Let's have an adventure. Let's do it together. That's part of my wiring. The last three parts, learning, adventure, relationships, those are my values that I've discovered. And those are God-given values and a God-given mission statement to say, hey, let's be authentic and let's do some stuff. Right? Let's not just sit around and wait for things to happen. So many times what we do with our goals and stuff is this. We release it into the atmosphere or to the universe and expect other people and other circumstances to make it happen. And then when it doesn't, we're like, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. It's not anyone else's responsibility for your life and their responsibility to do the things you want to do. It's yours. God gives you everything in seed form. God gives you a, a seed to, for an apple tree. And no matter how long you look at that apple tree, no, the seed, no matter how much you pray over it, no matter how much you put water on it, if you never put it in the ground, you'll never realize the potential and the blessing and the benefit of that seed unless you do what God created it to do. And that's to go down the hard work and so it can sprout forth and not just produce an apple, but a tree that has many apples and many seeds that continue to benefit and bless other people. Amen. Right? So I can't look even to my wife and say, why aren't my goals being accomplished? <laughs> Thankfully, Lauren will say, what are you doing about it? <laughs> right? That's my purpose. I got to do something about it. I got to run to win. I got to ask why. I got to stop making excuses. I got to stop saying it's someone else's fault. or someone else. No, 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 it's me. God, this is what you called me to do. God, these are the resources you gave me. If you want more, manage what you have well and see if God will give you more. Yeah. Right? You can run to win. Hope that today we can light a fire up underneath you and you can say, I want to run to win. I'm not going to leave life to chance. I'm not going to leave life to circumstance. I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and pray about everything. Some things you don't need to pray about. It's right and do it. I don't need to pray about going on a diet. <laughs> don't need to pray about it. I just need to do it. I ask God to help me be disciplined. 
Does God want me to be healthy? Sure, 100%. Does God want you to save money? Sure, 100%. Don't pray about it. Do it. Get a why. Talk, ask God, why do you want me to be healthy? Why do you want me to save my money and be a good manager of my money? Get the why. Why do you want me to have a good marriage? Why do you want me to do this? You understand the why, it can lead you farther. Understanding the why, it's beyond the moment, it's beyond the feeling. Here's the, the, one of the last benefits, I'll say this, of, of living with purpose. Is it helps you deal with the naysayers and the critics. Because there's one thing I've learned, it's this. Those who don't, criticize those who do. Right? Those who don't, criticize those who do. And those who don't that are criticizing, speak and yell louder than anybody else. When you have a purpose, when you understand your why and it's bigger beyond and and it's going to benefit others, people will come up to you and they'll criticize it. Just talk about the diet plan you're going to go on. Well, I'm I'm going to do paleo. Oh, that doesn't work. I read an article about it. I tried it for 10 minutes and I didn't lose any weight. Hey, I think I'm going to save my money and, and I'm not going to do this. Oh, that, that's not going to work either. I know you. Hey, I'm not going to spend as much time on social media. Oh, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Right? When you've got a purpose, you can say, shut up. <laughs> or you can just tune it out. Tune it out. I've got a purpose. It's beyond you. It's beyond this. Even if I try it and it doesn't work, at least I did. Right? At least I attempted. Sometimes goals aren't meant to be met. They're meant to be strived for. Right? You can tune out the naysayers. Don't be a critic. It takes no talent to be a critic. It doesn't cost you anything. Right? Don't be a critic. And the biggest thing is don't be a critic to yourself. Don't give in to your own excuses of why you can't and why you shouldn't and why you haven't. Say, no, no, I got a Why? I got, I got the golden circle here. I'm going to shoot for it. I'm going to shoot for it because it's bigger than me. Because I want to run to win. I don't care if you're, if you're five years old or you're 75 years old in here this morning. If you're running, you can still run to win. You've heard the old adage, it's true. It's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? That's true. That's true. So I would ask you some uh, questions and uh, some areas to consider the purpose you're living with. and What is... How, let me say it like this. How are you running to win in your marriage? How are you running to win in your finances? How are you running to win in your own personal health? And how are you running to win in, with your time? How are you running to win? Or are you running to win at all? Nobody's going to change it for you. God isn't going to intervene and fix it all. We work like it depends on us. We pray like it depends on him. We do what we can. He does what we can't. Says what we can't. What's your purpose? Think about it. What's the why? Why? Second thing is, first is live with purpose. Here's the second thing. Live on purpose. Live on purpose. Well, how do I live on purpose? Number one, be intentional. Be intentional. Listen to what Paul says here. Paul says this. I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. Paul says, I run with purpose in every step. Don't you wish you would have left that out? So I run with purpose in every step. Paul said, I've got forward motion. Every step is bringing me closer. I don't have lateral or sideways motion. No, I'm forward. I'm forward. I'm intentional. He said, I'm not just shadow boxing. He's not punching into the air, hoping he hits something. If he's going to box somebody, he's going to punch him to knock him out. Right? He's going to throw a knockout punch. He's, he's punching at something. He's aiming at something. What is Paul saying? Hey, Paul's saying, look, why don't you shoot a rifle instead of a shotgun? See, I shoot shotguns when I hunt because it gives me a better chance of hitting something. Right? Because you shoot a shotgun, what happens? It sprays. 
you shoot a rifle or a pistol, what happens? It can go right into the bullseye and hit where you want it to hit or maybe hit where you thought it was going to hit. Right? Start shooting a rifle with your life. What do you mean? Stop leaving things up to chance. Recognize what you can control and what you can't and focus on what you can control. Most of our lives and the frustration in our lives is trying to focus on what we have no control or influence over. That will always frustrate you and never get you closer to your goals. Those things you have to depend on God and at times other people with. What can you control? For me, I know this. Talk about my diet. I can control what goes into my body. Question is, do I want to? I can control it. I can control how much money I spend and don't spend to a certain degree. Now, there are factors that we can't control. All right? But here, I'm going to say this statement, and it's probably not going to be very fun, but it was very sobering to me. And I'll qualify it. The life you have right now is the life you want. The life you have right now is the life you want. Well, no, 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 because I don't want it. No, no, no. At the end of the day, if there are things in your control that you can change and you haven't changed them, you want it. Now, there are, there are mitigating, there, there are, are outside circumstances you had no control over. Somebody did something. Somebody said something. Things happen. I'm, I'm not discounting those things. But if we don't put in the work and change the things that we can change, you will have the life that you want and you can't blame anybody for it. Not God, not your parents, not society, not culture, not the president, not the whatever. You can't. God's given us this wonderful gift of freedom. We can choose. He gives us in seed form. Look, nobody is making you blow your money but you. Nobody is making you eat the food but you. Nobody is making you lose your temper and say things to your spouse but you. We have to begin to take responsibility for our lives, for what we say, for how we spend, and for how we eat. It's nobody's fault but our own. Well, they put chemicals in our food. Eat different food. Right? Like, there, we, there are certain circumstances and situations. There are certain things in the body. I understand that. I'm not talking about that. So don't go to the very edge. I'm talking about, you know, maybe the 85 to 90% of the decisions that we make. Be intentional. Stop looking to put the blame on other people. Right? That's what's easy to do. That's what's comfortable to do. Because you never have to own it. I'm asking you to own it. If you want to run to win, own it. Own it. Be intentional. Be deliberate, but do that with a why. Because when you have a why, it helps you to delay gratification. Lauren and Carson are going to take a trip in March and, and over his spring break, and we've been trying to ask him, hey, show him the things that he's going to see. I'm like, hey, do you want to watch this YouTube video? Do you want to see that? He goes, no, I don't want to ruin the experience. He's seven. I was like, I wish I was more like you. He can delay the gratification. Can we? It's harder and harder to do that in our culture and society because we don't want it delayed gratification. We want what we want, and we want it now, and we can get it. But when you have a why in the face of a momentary lapse of judgment, a momentary you know, lapse of whatever, you want that, that ice cream, you want that purchase, you want whatever it is, if your purpose is bigger than the moment and bigger than the emotion, you can say No. Because I've got something bitter, bigger, something beyond, and this will benefit more people down the long run. It's like making investments, you know? 
If you're investing in retirement, you're investing, you're investing for the future. If you're my age, you're investing 40 years from now. So no matter what the market's doing right now, I'm going to stay in because I got a better chance because I'm not thinking about my money today. I'm thinking about my money at 70. Think about your life that way. Think about what you want your life to be at 70, at 65, at 40. I don't know whatever. Think about that and be intentional. And here's the way that you can do that. You live intentionally and then you live with focus. Live with focus. Listen to this. I love what... What it says in the Proverbs, it says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. My question would be, is there anything lying before you? Michael Phelps, I was reading an article, said, you know, he, he's a pretty accomplished swimmer. And uh, they said, what's your trick to being disciplined? He said, I keep my goals in front of me. I put them in my closet every morning so when I open my closet to get dressed, they're right there in front of me. David said in the scriptures, your laws are ever before me. I meditate on them day and night. Keep it in front of you. Keep it accessible. As you do the hard work of discovering why, keep it in front of you so when those times come where you're tempted to deviate and and go laterally instead of running with purpose in every step, you put that before you and you pause to consider Two years ago, I went to buy a car. I'd never bought a car from a lot. And so I took my dad with me. And I saw the car I wanted, and I was ready to go because I'm kind of impulsive like that. And my dad said, hey, let's, uh, let's, just, let's leave. Let's go get some dinner. Let's look at some other stuff. I was like, I don't need to look at other stuff. I'm not hungry. This is what I want. My dad said, they need to sell that car a whole lot more than you need to buy it, son. I, said, I listened to him. I listened to him. He would have done what you know, I wanted to do, but he's just calmly assertive. And so we left, and we went and looked at some other cars, and we, had, we ate some food. And the next morning, I got up, and I got online to see if they still had the car. They dropped it $1,000 overnight. I didn't even ask them to. He gave me an opportunity to think a little bit more logically, a little bit more critically. Got the excitement out, like, so you drove that car. But just what, guess what, son? It comes with payments if you don't pay cash for it, and you have to fix it. And it's really not that exciting. Like, a car's cool for, like, two weeks, right? And then it's like, oh, man, i got to keep paying for this dumb thing. And so... Giving just that moment of opportunity, my dad kept reality and truth in front of me. Kept it in front of me. Focus. Focus means this. It's an act of concentrating interest and activity on something. What are you concentrating your activity and and energy on? That's your focus. That's where you will ultimately go. So I want us to live with purpose and live on purpose, be intentional, live with focus, but most importantly, step back and consider why. Do the hard work on the front end. Consider the end, right, before you begin. Next week, we're going to talk about perspective. What, what's your perspective? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Where the mind goes, the man follows. I, I want to just leave you with a couple thoughts. Jesus said in, in multiple places, but I have two passages here in John, John 18, then I'll read you John 10. Jesus' sense of purpose was, man, was, he was so focused, and he was so intentional. He was on a mission. He was here to win, and he kept that ever before him, and he did it. Don't think he just did it as God. He did it as a human being. He said this in 18.3, I love this. For this purpose, I was born. Wow. How many of you would love to be able to say, for this purpose, I was born? For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. 
John 10, 10, he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Listen to this, verse 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus knew full well before he came that at the age of 33, his life would, his life would end on a cross. Yes, he would be resurrected, but he had to go to death. He had to die. That was the mission. That was the intention. It was bigger. It was beyond, and it benefited way more than just him. It was an eternal purpose. And he has given that eternal purpose to you and I. And it looks differently for each and every one of us. My encouragement to you in 2019 is to dig deep and discover your why that is beyond the moment and that is beyond the feeling so that you can be intentional and focused and be part of the 20% and not just the 80% who don't even make it to February. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray over you this morning. I know this was probably not a message that filled you with a lot of butterflies and excitement but I hope it leads us to a place of authenticity and action. And that 2019 will be different, not because the wind changed and something happened, that we're not going to leave things to chance. We're going to do what we can do, and we're going to trust God to do what we can't do and see what happens as those two things converge. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in here. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them, that, Father, you would motivate them, that they would see that they have, are running a race and that you have called them and empowered them to win. May they see, Father, that, that it is you who is for them and not against them. Father, may they, they believe you for things that are bigger. May, may they go home this week and they may consider why. Why? What, how am I running to win in my marriage? How am I running to win in my finances? How am I running to win in work? How am I running to win with my my time and may they take steps purposeful steps to make a difference in that lord we pray that you would just bless us this week thank you for this reprieve of the cold weather and if you want to totally reprieve it we'll just we'll just love you for it in jesus name amen y'all have a great week god bless you